Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's Daily Podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Rebecca Chen. I'm a partner with Ready and Newman, and I'll be doing the conference this afternoon. Uh, Shruti, could you start our first question, please? Yes, Rebecca. Redan? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. So, uh, are you able to hear me properly? Go ahead. Yeah, okay. So, actually, I have my H4, I'm working on H4 EAD. My H4 mm-hmm. EAD expires uh, during March 3rd, but my I-94 uh, expires April 22nd. So will I be eligible to work, uh, I mean, till April 22nd? Uh, yes. So the EAD auto extension policy is still in effect uh, until October of this year for now. So if your H4 I-94 is valid until April and your EAD expires before that, as long as you file an I-765 application to renew the EAD before that, then you'll be eligible for the auto extension. The auto extension only covers you at this time up until your I-94 expiration. So it won't give you that much time on the auto extension. But um, let me see, is your I-765 already filed and pending? Yeah, yeah, it is filed. Okay. Um, was it filed concurrently with uh, an H-1B application for your spouse? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, is your spouse's H-1B already approved, the extension? No, it is not at approved, but we are planning to, you know, uh, uh, I mean, change it to premium. Okay. Um, so one way that you can get a longer auto extension is after your spouse's H-1B extension is approved, there's a way that you can go um, travel together to Mexico or Canada. Mexico is kind of preferable because they are not requiring visitor visas as much. Um, and okay. coming back together, you are likely to get the H-4, I-94 extended um, at the border. And that Mm -hmm. could potentially give you a longer auto extension. Um, Mm -hmm. One note is that actually this is kind of recent news. We just announced this afternoon uh, in our office. Unfortunately, this won't um, affect your current application because it is already pending. But uh, basically for, um, you know, this whole issue of the H-4s and EADs taking much longer than the H-1B to be approved, that has been the case since 2019. And mm-hmm. our office, um, Stephen Brown in our office, uh, along with others, have been litigating in federal court on this particular issue for the past two years. And mm. we just um, signed the agreement with USCIS this afternoon that basically mm-hmm. as of next week, as of January 25th, any 
H-1Bs, H-4s, and EADs that are filed concurrently with USCIS will be processed mm -hmm. altogether. So that means if an H-1B is premium processed, oh. um, the H-4 and EAD should be approved at the same time if they are filed altogether. But this policy will only go into effect starting January 25th, next week. So I know that oh. doesn't... Um, benefit your particular application right now since yours is already pending. At this time, it doesn't sound like USCIS is going to extend that or they haven't committed to extend that to any pending mm -hmm. applications. Um, but it will hopefully at least improve the processing time of the longer pending ones um, once oh, they okay. put this into effect. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, for in your particular case right now, most likely the best way to get the auto extension will still be travel and coming back. Um, make sure okay. you do that before April, before your current I-94 expires. Expires, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, Next So question. either Canada or uh, Mexico border would do, right? Yes, mm -hmm. but okay. uh, the reason I would say most of our clients go to Mexico is that Canada requires a visitor visa. Mexico, if you have a valid H1 or a valid US visa, visa. or mm -hmm. a recently expired US visa, for the most part, they are not requiring you to apply for a visitor visa to enter Mexico. So that has oh. been the choice for most people in this situation. Next okay. question. Madhuri. Hi. Um, so I applied for my I-485 application in 2021 under EB3 category and okay. when it was current. And again in 2022, like last year when EB2 category was current, I applied for again my I-485. Uh, okay. Both are separate, not interfiling, okay. both are separate. So yesterday I attended the I-485 interview uh, uh, for EB2 category. I received the letter okay. under EB2 category. Okay. <laughs> My very first question by the immigration officer was, since I have two applications, two I-485s, he gave me a white paper and pen, and he asked me to write a letter saying that I'm withdrawing one of those applications. Okay. And your priority date is current in EB2, right? No. Now both the both the filings are retro. Okay. Uh, my, but my they priority still call you for an interview. My prior, yeah, my priority date is December 2013, uh, but now both EB2, EB3 are uh, uh, dates went Progress, back, right? Yeah, yeah. So when uh, when I was right, I first asked if I can check with my attorney. He said it's not necessary. He wanted the answer immediately, right then and there. Then when I was about to write the letter, I was requesting for the EB3 withdrawal application number, like the receipt number. But he gave me EB2, he had the file in his hand. He gave me mm -hmm. the receipt number of EB2 and I had to write that EB2 receipt number on that letter and I had to submit. So my question is, is this a problem? It might be. I would recommend that you uh, speak with the attorney who filed your I-485s or have a private consultation because the officer really should not have requested you to withdraw either one. You were not yeah. required to withdraw either one, especially right now when the priority date is not current in either category. I can see if your priority date was current in one category and they are getting ready to approve your I-485, issue you the green card, then fine, withdraw the other one. You no longer need it. But at this point, your priority date is not current in both. I am not sure why they even scheduled you for an 
interview and even then they should not have required you to withdraw either petition um, or either I-485 application and even so they should have provided if you wanted to withdraw the EB3 they should have provided you with that receipt notice so I don't think that that should be binding but if you did sign something already I would definitely get with either your immigration attorney who filed your I-485 or another immigration attorney to try to contact that field office and try to get it fixed. Um, can you tell me what field office it was that you went to? Uh, Raleigh Durham field office. Okay. In North Carolina. Um, okay. Yeah, I definitely think that was a mistake by the officer. Um, I have not heard of that really happening and it's not something that is supposed to happen. There are lots of applications last year exactly the same situation as yours when the priority dates were current with an I-485 in each category where they approved one and they just closed the other. It's not required that you withdraw one of them at all. Um, we haven't heard of that particular situation really happening in field offices, but it doesn't surprise me too much. The officers at USCIS field offices, the local offices, they are more used to adjudicating family-based I-485 applications. A lot of them are not very familiar with employment-based and they don't understand employment-based, a lot of them. So my guess is that is the situation, that's what happened in your case. But um, yeah, I would definitely recommend you speak privately with an immigration attorney to um, get in contact with the field office to get it fixed. It shouldn't have been withdrawn. Okay, then I have another question. In this case, uh, I already received my EADs for both EB2, EB3, and also I have received my advanced parole under EB2. What will happen if, if uh, EB2 yesterday, as per his uh, withdrawal, uh, will I be able to use my AP and EAD if I plan to travel? If that I-485 EB2 does still stay withdrawn, I think technically you're not able to use the EAD AP from that application. You can still use it from the EB3, but until but, it gets confirmed with EB3, statuses. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but in under EB3, my EAD is approved, but AP, they sent me a, a denial letter saying that as I've already yeah. received my AP in EB2. So until your EB2 I-485 status is confirmed, I would not travel on that EB2 advanced parole. Okay. okay. And uh, yes. Okay. okay. Sorry. Yeah. I think we have to go on to another question. Gauri. Okay. Uh, hi. Uh, hi, ma'am. Uh, I, my employer already filed my uh, I-140 and I have uh, received an approval. Mm -hmm. I'm currently traveling to India and I have a Dropbox scheduled. Uh, but while filling my uh, DS-160 form, I, I came across a question that says, has anyone ever filed an immigration petition on your behalf with the United Citizenship and Immigration Services? Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I should be answering it as yes, yes or no. You should answer yes. If you have ever had an I-140 petition filed for you by any company, then uh, you would answer yes. So an I-140, an immigrant petition would include an I-140. Got it. And uh, should I include any more additional information in the, in the dialogue box down there? Um, um, so you would answer yes to that. And then if there is a mandatory dialogue box that you have to fill in, you could just put the receipt number of the I-140. Yeah, I would say that's probably all you need. 
Sounds good. I have uh, one uh, quick uh, question uh, because uh, my I-140 is filed with my employer. I am not really sure what uh, uh, papers or any supporting documents should I be collecting and keeping it for my safekeeping. Uh, I have not received any info, any such documentations from my employer. So I just wanted okay. to quickly check on that too. Is the I-140 approved yet or is it still pending? It is approved. It is okay. approved. It's best if you get a copy of the I-140 approval notice because that will help you if you ever move away from the company. That will allow you to get extensions of your H-1B status beyond the sixth year. That will allow you to port the priority date to any other green card process to a new employer. Um, so I would request that from your company, but they are not required to provide you with the Island 40 approval notice. Um, if it's their company policy that they don't provide it, um, you can't force them to. If that is the case, then I would recommend that you file a Freedom of Information Act request, FOIA, F-O-I-A. If you just Google F-O-I-A USCIS, there's an okay. online application form that you can fill out to request the I-140 you can't get a copy of the I-140 approval itself, but you will get a copy of the I-140 form that has been, that was filed by your company and stamped approved. That's as good as the I-140 approval notice. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, ma'am. Sure. Nagarajan? Yes, ma'am. So that is, I have my question. I went to India in last October. So currently I booked the ticket returning to this month, okay, 26. So in between my employer saying that and my, that is a employer contract is over. So that's why I don't know that I, I can travel back two years now. So we have any issues because 90 days is not completed. So after November, December, January, my employer is not paid because I, I was in contract. Okay, so you've been outside the U.S. since November, and prior to yes, November, you were on an H-1B visa? Yes, H in the US? yes. Okay. H-1B, I-140 is approved, so I have the valid visa up to 24 July. Okay, but the your H-1B petitioning company is now saying that they don't have the job for you anymore in yes, the U.S.? Yes, 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 the contract is over, he is telling that. Because okay. I have that rental apartment and everything is there. So I need to close it, my car and everything is there. That's why can I travel back two years? Because 90 days is oh. not yet completed. Well, 90 days doesn't really factor in. I would say that um, anytime that you are physically outside the U.S. while the H-1B is valid, technically the company is not required to pay you actually the H-1B wage because the LCA wage payment requirement is for when you are in the U.S. in H-1B status. If you're physically outside the U.S., you're not in H-1B status anytime you're outside the U.S., so the company is not required to pay you during that time. But if you were to come into the U.S. based on that company's H-1B, they would need to pay you from the time you are in the country. Um, if they're telling you they no longer have the job, the H-1B job for you, I would say you probably won't be able to come back into the U.S. because... Even if the H-1B approval notice is unexpired, even if the I-94 on that is still valid until 2024, when you're coming into the U.S. at the border, you are supposed to still have that coming in with the purpose of working for that company. So you should have a recently dated uh, employment verification letter from that company. Um, and, you know, the company isn't going to provide that to you. Um, 
CBP doesn't always request that recently dated employment verification letter, but I would say it is still risky to try to come in on this company's H-1B if they've specifically told you they don't have the job for you anymore um, because yeah. they could have withdrawn the H-1B. They could have sent yep. in the H withdrawal notice to USCIS. And if CBP says, sees that in their records that this is no longer a valid H-1B, they won't let you into the U.S., no, I checked with that my employer. He said he is not revoked my H1B. What he is telling that he don't know the job. He, I think he is also looking for outside. So if he get the uh, any position, he will apply uh, amendment, and he said he will. I will come back again. Okay. Yeah, that works. If they're willing to, um, you know, keep the H1, not withdraw the H1B, and if they're just looking for a project for you, and then once they do, they file an amendment, um, and then you could come in based on that, that's fine. But I would say, uh, so you'll need to check with the company because if if you are going to come in January 26th, they need to be prepared to pay you the LCA wage from the time you step in on the 26th. So if they're not ready to do that, I would not come back yet um, to the US until they're, they have the job for you and are ready to pay you. Okay, okay. okay. All right, okay. next question. Radhika. Hi, um, my uh, visa, uh, H I'm on H4 visa and uh, in my, previously I transferred from F1 to H4. Uh, okay. So currently my visa is still January 25th and I-94 on, on uh, my approval notice is still 4th of February. Um, and uh, my extension, uh, H4 extension, Online, it says approved. It, I, it just changed on Thursday, so I haven't received an approval notice, but my EAD is still pending. And uh, like since I was on F1 earlier online uh, on my I-94 uh, online, uh, my status is DS. So I wanted to check if I can continue uh, working, if I'm eligible to work. When does your current H4 expire, the I-94? I-94, uh, 4th of February. 2023, so like in a couple of weeks. Good. Okay, but the I-539 just yesterday shows that it was approved. The I-539 is approved as of yesterday? Yes. Okay, so that should be valid until, I guess, 2026, probably, February 2026. Is that when your husband... Hope, okay. Hopefully, yes. My husband's visa is approved till December 2025. Okay. Um, so, and your EAD expires February 4th also, your current EAD? It expires 25th of January, okay. 2023. So once you get the I-797 approval notice for the H-4 status that says 2025 on it, then you will be eligible for the auto extension. So the online I-94 record, that will only show the I-94 that was issued to you at your most recent entry into the U.S. But um, so that may not be your current I-94 record. In your case, it's not because since you came in on F-1, you changed your status to H-4. So um, when you get the I-797 approval notice, there will be an I-94 card attached at the bottom. Um, and that will be basically your current I-94. And so that should say H4 2025. Once you have that, you can provide it to your employer along with a copy of your I-765 receipt notice for the pending 
EAD um, and your expired EAD, and that would be proof of your auto extension eligibility for 540 days. That's if the new EAD doesn't arrive soon. I would say most likely the new EAD will probably also arrive pretty soon. Most of the time the H4 and EAD are approved around the same time, but if not, at least the um, extended H4 and 94 will allow you to work beyond February 4th. So I need to wait until I receive the uh, approval notice because I, yeah. I, it expires just on Wednesday. I'm not sure if I will receive it by Wednesday. Um, and my employer is asking me for proof. Technically, you need that approval notice because that will have the I-94 attached at the bottom. If your current one expires February 4th, then that would you still have about two weeks right now. And I would say most of the time approval notices arrive within a week or so. So I can still uh, use this current approval notices, I-94? I you can use your current EAD card that's valid until February 4th. But EAD is valid until 25th January. Okay, then yeah, then you'll need to wait until the new I-797 approval notice comes in. If it doesn't arrive until after January 25th, technically you will probably need to stop working until that approval notice arrives. Hopefully um, it would my, not be more than a couple days. My current I-94 is valid till 4th of February. So that, that oh, won't okay. be useful. Then yeah, you can use your current I-94 until the 4th of February. So the auto extension gets you until at least the 4th of February, the extended I-94 until beyond that. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much. Sure. Got it. Next question. Hi. Uh, uh, my wife is uh, uh, currently working in an, uh, uh, through H4 EAD, and uh, I'm the primary applicant. Uh, and last year, she got her uh, uh, H1 picked uh, uh, from a different employer, and they filed a no change of status on her uh, application, actually. Okay. And uh, uh, so she's currently on a full-time right now uh, on a H4 EAD. So is there an option for her to pick that like no change of status H4, uh, sorry, H1 from a different employer and uh, 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 move it to her current work? Okay, so she was selected last year, but she hasn't joined that company that filed for her in the lottery? Yes, okay. yes. and it is approved but, too. Okay, so it's just an approval notice without the I-94. If yes. she wants to activate it, she would get visa stamping. Okay, but she doesn't want to join that company, it sounds like? Yes, so it's it's a full-time right now. So before checking, yeah. uh, like, uh, if, if that is possible, I was not sure if that is possible. So I wanted to know, like, if she can uh, 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 use that H1 and, uh, 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 and work with the current employer itself, like, meaning apply an application. Um. Not really. So she won't be able to file an H-1B transfer to a new company. It would only be possible if she actually gets into H-1B status with this current company or gets the visa stamp with the company that has the approved H-1B for her. So at the okay. moment, she's not technically considered counted in the cap yet. Um, in order to be considered counted in the H-1B cap, you have to have either actually been in H-1B status for at least one day in the U.S. with that company or okay. have gotten the H-1B visa stamp from the consulate based on that approval notice. Um, okay. So if she does either of those, 
um, then she'll be considered counted in the cap and a new company like her, her current employer could file an H-1B transfer for her to work okay. on H-1B with them. But yeah, she'll need to activate the H-1B with the, with last year's um, petitioner somehow, either through, I mean, well, either way, she'll need to get the visa stamp, it looks like. Okay. And she has like three years from last October. Uh, so like, uh, uh, let's say uh -huh. if we don't even join immediately, right? Like the employer who uh, filed it are ready to wait for at least a year or two. Is that yeah. even fine? Like That's fine. Um, it would just be when she is ready to get the visa stamp based on that approval notice going to the consulate, she'll need a recently dated letter from that H-1B sponsoring company confirming that we still have this job offer uh, for this applicant according to the terms listed in the I-129 petition. So as long as okay. the company, that petitioning company is still willing to support the application at that time, it could be, you know, two and a half years into the duration, then she could still get the visa okay. stamp based on it. Okay, got you. And you, can we also like move to that employer in H4 EAD itself and like work with them and then like go for stamping? Is that an option too? That's fine. Yeah, the EAD... Right now, you know, the EAD doesn't require pre-filing anything um, in order to change employers. So she could start working for the H-1B petitioning company on EAD right now and then go for stamping later when, you know, appointment can be scheduled. That would be fine, too. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, uh, next question, Katie. Uh, hi, uh, I have an H-1B related question. Currently, I work for a nonprofit organization and my H-1B is cap exempt. Um, however, I accepted an offer from a for-profit uh, employer and they filed H-1 for me. Uh, that also got approved from USCIS, but I got to know that um, if I want to make a switch from cap-exempt H-1 to cap-subject H-1, I need to go through the lottery system. However, on the other side, uh, USCIS approved my um, um, H-1, so I'm not sure if I should join the new employer or if it was a mistake from the employer or USCIS? Oh, okay. So the the second, you haven't gone through the lottery? Before? No, no. Oh. Okay, the second employer just filed it as a transfer without yeah. doing it through the lottery first. Okay, yeah, that technically should not have happened. Probably it was just a USCIS error is my guess. Sometimes they just see a previous approval notice, um, you know, they just see that you're in H-1B status right now and they probably didn't look closely into whether your current H-1B employer is um, a cap-exempt employer. Because on the um, I-129 form, there is one question that the current employer is supposed to fill out where it asks, is this application cap-subject or cap-exempt? If it's cap-exempt, on what basis, like nonprofit or a university, something like that. So it sounds like probably the for-profit company didn't fill out that part of the form correctly. And so USCIS also missed it and it accidentally got approved without going through the lottery. Um, on your side, I prop to be safe, I probably would not join the new company yet since it mm -hmm. technically wasn't supposed to be approved. Um, without going through the lottery. Uh, if the new company okay. is still willing to um, sponsor you, I would 
have them submit you in the lottery in March. So the lottery okay. is coming up. But okay. yeah, until then, I probably wouldn't join. Okay, and my uh, current employer has uh, filed I-140 and it is approved. Does that matter at all? Uh, not to the lottery, unfortunately. So you wouldn't really have any advantage in the lottery by having an I-140 approval. The only advantage is for U.S. master's degree holders. Um, mm -hmm. But the I-140 would allow you to extend your H-1B with any other company beyond the six-year limit later. Um, it, you could port your priority date to a new company's green card process for you. So there are still benefits from that I-140 approval, but unfortunately not for purposes of the lottery. Okay, thank you. Sure. Next question. Sai. Um, hello, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. So I have my I have my H-1 stamping on May 23rd of 2023. So I just have a couple of questions related to that. So if I get a 221G administrative processing, so on an average, how long does it take for uh, for the consulates to get back and uh, my appointment is a dropbox i'm eligible for dropbox actually so if i change it to an in-person interview um would it help like are people getting lesser 221 g's in in-person interviews and is it even possible to change a dropbox appointment to an in-person appointment yeah um it is kind of it varies quite a bit. There isn't really any set um, processing time for a 221G. Uh, the consulates don't have case processing times or a service request that you can put in the way USCIS does. And I would say we're seeing 221Gs for both right now, in-person interviews as well as the Dropbox. It does seem like at the beginning of this year, USCIS opened up more appointments, especially in the Dropbox as a result of pressure due to the, there was a lot of criticism because there just weren't any appointments available for months. So they opened up a lot of appointments, but now they're doing 221Gs on a lot of the drop boxes. And so it seems like they are making appointments available, but still not really processing cases as quickly. They're just using the 221G to continue delaying. Um, and when you do get a 221G, it could be weeks, it could be months. Um, sometimes it's, at best case scenario, it's a couple of weeks, but uh, a lot of times it is kind of an indefinite period, and sometimes they do not request any documents at all. They just say it's an administrative processing. Um, so it is still pretty uncertain. Um, the only kind of, and unfortunately, there isn't really a way to follow up with USCIS or appeal with USCIS. The only kind of effective thing that we have found is our office has been doing 221G delay litigation, also basically suing them. It's the only way to get some results. And we have had success on the 221G delay lawsuits that we have filed so far. Um, usually it gets processed pretty quickly after we file a lawsuit, even though it should not require that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all we can say at this point. Uh, it's very hard to predict whether you'll get a 221G and if you do get one, how long it will take. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there is a way to convert a Dropbox appointment to an in-person appointment. My guess is that in order to do that, you would basically have to re 
do the process and fill out another DS-160 and an application fee. I just have a follow-up question actually. So since uh, I don't have a valid stamping, uh, I had to go for stamping and I'm going to have an international travel, uh, work-related travel scheduled in the month of August. So do you think two months should be enough? I said, you might not guess it, but do you think a 221G admin processing should be, we should be have able to have a result by two months between May to hopefully. August? Um, okay. Yeah, I'd say hopefully. Um, a few weeks is probably pretty typical, although like I said, it okay. still varies quite a bit. We've seen them go for like four to eight weeks, sometimes in the most serious cases, like several months. Um, so when should I reach out to um, Ready Newman if I have to go via the lawsuit route? I mean, should... if you once you do get a 221G, that's probably a good time to reach out to Stephen Brown in our office. Okay. Um, Okay. And is the head of our litigation team and has been the one filing those. Should I wait for two, three months before I reach out or I can reach out? No, I would reach out probably once you get the 221G. They may not, he may not be able to file the lawsuit right away, right when you get the 221G. But um, he would at least be able to kind of give you some information so that once it's been like about two or three weeks, which is I think usually the time he files, it would be ready to file right away so that hopefully it doesn't drag on longer than that. Awesome, thanks. Sure. Okay, sorry, we'll need to close the conference here for today. The next one will be Monday at 3.30 Central Time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.